All right, folks, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And this uh, episode of Craig McKim Networking uh, is kind of coming from a spot where uh, I've been talking a lot with my brother who's law enforcement right now, uh, active duty law enforcement, and he's coming up on retirement. And it got me really thinking about transitioning law enforcement, which then leads to thinking about transitioning military and, you know, what is one to do, you know, and, and even if it's not in, uh, even if you're not thinking of necessarily secure, the security uh, work or, or, you know, going that direction, um, I think you want to, you're really going to want to tune in and pay attention to what my guest has to say, super smart guy, um, successful in, in law enforcement and successful in, in his new civilian life. Um, so with saying that, uh, I want to introduce uh, my guest. Uh, I'm gonna, I got to read this because this guy, I mean, he could literally, he could have a resume as long as my arm just in training, let alone all the stuff that he, you know, all the stuff that he's done on the job. So I'm going to read this just so I don't miss anything. Um, but he's a protective services operations manager for Genentech, which is a bio, uh, biotechnology company based out of San Francisco. It's a, a division of Roche, if I'm saying that right. And he'll correct me here in a second if I didn't. Um, he's a veteran of the United States Navy, where he was an intelligence specialist, recently retired after 26 years of honorable service with the California Highway Patrol, holding the rank of lieutenant, serving also as the commander for the governor's protective detail. Prior assignments include SWAT team member, he's a com computer crimes investigator, state narcotics agent, and a narcotics detection canine handler. He's also worked in private sector, uh, sector as a uh, covert protection uh, specialist for a family office, graduate of several executive protection um, courses. Now, as many as he had, I didn't realize that there were that many to be, to be had. So I'm missing something somewhere. And uh, he's, about, he's a, a degree, he holds a degree, Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice and an MBA in Management. And again, that's just what I had time to read um, in one breath. Um, but I would like to please uh, introduce and for you guys to welcome Jerry Jacobs. Jerry, appreciate you being here, sir. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, you're I, I hate uh, I hate hearing those uh, you know the, the kind of the, the little bio uh, <laughs> read out, but you know put those things in there and you know. Well, I but as you know, I could have gone on. I mean, like it just it's a mile long, so yeah. that's nice of you to say. But there is just yeah. there's way more to say. There's way more to say. Yeah. Um, Thank God you didn't go on, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> right. So um, we're going to get, we'll go ahead and get right into it. One of the, you know, one of the questions uh, that, I and mean, this came up simply because you kind of followed like the little boy's dream. Uh, I want to go, I want to go be, I want to go be a, a soldier. And let's, you know, use that term yeah. generically. I want to go be a soldier. Um, I want to be a cop, you know, uh, you know, I want to be a policeman. I want to, I want to serve. I want to, I want to do things for other people. I want to help. Um, you really did that. And so, you know, what did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? Gosh, you know, I, I grew up in a, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma in a, in a very small uh, country town on, on a farm. Um, one stoplight. I, and all I want to do is get the heck out of there. I, I always thought like, Hey, I was, I was built for bigger things than, and being a farm boy and, and that. So when I was young, I was like, I want to be a helicopter pilot. I can just fly wherever I want to be. I'm going to join the military and, and all those things. Um, I did join the military as soon as I graduated high school. I, I went through all the things, I, I, the different divisions. I was like, well, if I join the Army, I'll probably get stationed in, in Oklahoma. If I join the Air Force, I'll get... so I said, you know what? I'm going to join the Navy, and that'll, there are no oceans here. I'll take me right, very right. far yeah. away. 
So that's what I did. I was not a helicopter pilot because um, I, I just joined right out of high school and I got offered um, two jobs when I met with the, uh, after I did my ASVAB, it was, you can be an air traffic controller or an intelligence specialist. I'm like, okay, what do those jobs do? And, and uh, the guy goes, I, I know what an air traffic controller is, but I don't know what intelligence specialist is. And I'm like, that sounds like a cool job. So that's what I did. Uh, that brought me to California. Uh, I spent four years in San Diego uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, that, that's kind of where I discovered what my next career was going to be after that. So, so, that, so the, the plan as a, as a kid was to be, it was to be in the military. Yes. I mean, I mean, you can you could go on and on from there, but I mean, as a, as a kid, like that's kind of like if I get there, I've made it, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. I you know I grew up in the '80s, so you think of all the heroes of the '80s were all these military tough guys. It was Rambo, it was Chuck Norris, all that kind of stuff. But it sure. was all like, hey, if you want to be something great, you got to be in the military. And 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 I had you know my, my father was in the military, and there was my uncle was uh, had retired as a master chief from the navy, and, and he had a lot of influence on me. So yeah, it, it basically I fell in that that kid's kind of dream, like hey, I'm gonna go off and yeah, and, yeah, that's cool. Do something. So, so okay, so you're in California. How do you how do you land at CHP? So uh, first of all, I when I joined the military, I thought uh, this is my career. And then as most things, you know, outside looking in, once you get inside, it's a little different. The dynamics are different. I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I do. Mm-hmm. But one of my uh, one of my, my my good best friends to this day, uh, I had met there. His dad was a, a, a sheriff, a deputy sheriff in Northern California. And uh, he had to move some, um, some furniture from San Diego to his home in, in uh, Sebastopol, California. So I went with him. And we were there for overnight. And he goes, hey, my dad's working patrol. Do you want to go on a ride long? I'll go with my dad. You go with one of the, the deputies. I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. The ride along just opened my eyes to this new like world. of. I mean, we, we went to break-ins. We saw people, you know, that had uh, it was just a, a tremendous amount of fun. And so as soon as I came back, I go, man, I think I want to be a cop. That was so much fun. Uh-huh. So that kind of changed my, my direction in life. And then how I wound up in the CHP was I had, there was a law enforcement job fair at uh, San Diego's convention center. So every agency was kind of there recruiting. This was in 1989. And um, so I took applications from, from everyone, LAPD, San Diego PD, San Diego, San Diego SO, the CHP, all, all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So some, I, I, I filled out. I, I, uh, I didn't drive up to LA to do the LAPD exam. I did take the written test for both San Diego SO and PD and the CHP. I passed them all. San Diego SOs put me on a, a waiting list of, you know, a couple thousand people. I don't, I don't think I ever got a call back. Right. Um, uh, San Diego PD, I, uh, I passed the test. I did a follow-up exam and then, um, at that time frame, my ship, we were getting ready to go to uh, Desert Storm, I think. And so we're doing through this sea trials where you're in port for a week, you go out to sea for a week and make sure everything. Well, so it just so happened that the testing, San Diego PD, all the tests happened the week I was at sea, all the CHP tests happened when I was in port. My thing was like, I'm gonna go for the first people to hire me. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna get the job. And uh, mm-hmm. that's how CHP came kind of together. <clears throat> interesting you know I, i'm a big believer in timing um and uh and kind of you landed probably where you were supposed to be 
you know, especially, especially for your, from my perspective, considering how we met um, in the yeah. protection industry, kind of where you, where you landed, like that's a, yeah. that's a pretty big deal in, in that. So um, there's kind of a follow-up and, and, and I don't know necessarily, you know, I'd love to hear your path. I mean, cause I, I know how I, how I think of it as like, yeah, you started on patrol and then you, you yeah. know, with the sergeant and then the lieutenant or, you know, what, how did the, how did the steps kind of, you know, like how did the promotion system work there? Or like, what was your, I guess better ask, what was your path? Sure. So I, I mean, like, like every agency, you start with foundational training. So I went to the CHP Academy. Uh, this was in uh, 1994 when I attended. Um, it, it, and there they, they have a, basically they send out cadets to the, the CHP areas all across the state that, that need, that they're understaffed. Right. Mm-hmm, so sure. you, uh, it depended on when you went. When I went through the Academy, almost everyone, the entire class of 120 people went to one of the LA offices. The LA offices are huge. There's several. Well, I went to South Los Angeles area um, with 15 of my classmates. So that's where I started. I did a probationary, probationary year there. Now, uh, I came from Oklahoma. I don't know anyone in California. I don't know the areas other than, you know, a little bit of San Diego, but I was also on a ship that was out to sea for, you know, two and a half years. But mm-hmm. So ultimately, it didn't matter to me where I went because it was all, all going to be new. Although I did have one friend who's, who I met in the Navy. He was out and he lived in Northern California. So I said, well, you know, I'm going to do my year in South LA and I'm going to put in a, uh, a transfer, a seniority transfer and, and wait till I am uh, able to transfer to the Santa Rosa area. So uh, ultimately, a good timing, like you said, was everything. I did my one year probation and I, and I got there right at, at one year. Prior to that, it would take about people 10 years to get there in seniority. So uh, it, it just, the CHP was growing so much and we'd been understaffed. So I went there. Yeah. So again, in patrol. And uh, at that time, uh, the timing was that the CHP had just merged with the California State Police uh, in, in the middle of 1995. So we took over, the CHP took over all of the responsibilities of the state police, which included crimes on state property and protection of public officials, specifically the governor's protective detail and all the other constitutional officers, secretary of state, the lieutenant governor and, and down, down the line. So when, when I saw the very, that first advertisement, I'd only been on the job for, you know, out of the academy for about 13 months ago. God, that's what I want to do. I want to be on this protective detail. I had no idea how the process of getting a special assignment worked. There, there is a, a very designated process where you write a memo request, it goes through your chain of command, along with the resume. I literally wrote my resume, which I'd never had before. I made one up and I mailed it through the US Postal Service directly to the unit, completely short circuited my chain of command, all that. <laughs> they got it and uh, they're like, okay, we're gonna give an interview at CHP headquarters in Sacramento on this date. Um, Everyone I worked with was like, hey, how are you getting this interview? And I go, I just sent them a, a letter of my resume saying I want the job. I didn't know, I didn't know where CHP headquarters was. I had to ask you know, a, a, one of my supervisors like, hey, where's CHP headquarters? Oh, it's, this is the address in, in Sacramento. And okay. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I had a bias. No, I had a suit. I, I had a suit that I bought for court and I showed up and completely bombed the interview. Now, I look back and it was fairly simple, uh, simple questions, but I really did not do enough uh, 
informational research on what protected details were all about. I remember they, you know, they were like, hey, how do you move the governor and this and that? And so instead of like the term motorcade, I said parade. Oh, he goes around these parades. It, it was just such a disaster that, uh, and of course I did not get the job, right. but I came back and um, I, I talked to, we had a, a, all the former state police officers became highway patrolmen. So there was a, a former state police sergeant, now high patrol sergeant in my office. And I said, hey, uh, Bruce, I, I interviewed this job. I didn't get it. H how do I get that job? And he goes, well, you gotta be in Sacramento. You gotta know people. Are you going to know people are doing it so they know you? So the very first thing about networking was right there. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I want to go to Sacramento. And, and so I immediately put in a transfer for uh, one of the Sacramento uh, CHP offices. Uh, got that. Again, in patrol. I just wanted to get to Sacramento. And then shortly thereafter, there was an opening for uh, a uniform position in our Office of Capital Protection. So basically uh, the, the Capitol Police. Sure. Uh, there. Okay. So um, I interviewed for there uh, after I'd been in Sacramento about seven months and uh, got the job. Luckily, because they were they were bringing on, they wanted to expand that command. And I spent a couple of years there. I, that's where I was on the SWAT team. I, I did uh, some investigative work and I started to build my network that ultimately helped me out uh, throughout my career because I, I met uh, two uh, lieutenants there at the time uh, who ultimately went on to be, you know, uh, the, the deputy commissioner of the Highway Patrol and other was the chief and all these things that I built this uh, good working relationship that I was able to um, um, levy, you know, from there. But yeah. really, most of the patrol assignments are done by seniority. Wherever you want to go, you put in a transfer request. And if you've got enough time on the job and there's a vacancy, you can go there. Mm -hmm. Specialty assignments like Governor's protective detail, capital protection, any of those kind of things, you have to submit a memo with your resume and you have to interview to get those. So, so that's it, how that works. So, so um, now you so capital police, that would be considered a special assignment. Yes. Correct. Okay. And yeah. then, so you didn't have to necessarily promote, you didn't have to promote there. Like, so what was the first, what was your first step in, in rank? If that no, I I think I'd like to know that, but did that matter yeah, sure. in how you got to where you were, where you ultimately ended up? I mean, because you so, said like, uh, hot narcotics, like was that when yeah, so patrolman, did you had you gone up and did you get in because of that, or how did that how did that work? So, uh, as far as the promotion goes, I, I I promoted from the field a lot of you can promote from a specialty assignment. Um, I promoted to sergeant, which is my first from officer to sergeant. I promoted from the field. I was a canine officer at the time, uh -huh. uh, working in Lake Tahoe. Uh, I, I think I'd had about, uh, I don't know, 14 or 15 years on the job at that, that time. Um, I tried to promote once before just because everyone else was trying to do it. And, and I, I just, again, I did fine on the written test, didn't study, and I, and I uh, did not follow people's advice on the oral panel because they make you do a written test, an oral panel, and they combine the scores and sure. they rank yep. it. I, I tried to promote it a couple times before that and just walked in and bombed the, the oral panel because I just didn't put any time into it. Mm -hmm. Years later, I was a canine officer, and I kind of decided I saw all these people moving up in rank that I just did not respect uh, for various reasons. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and I will say that when I was a younger officer, I, I was um, 
I did not respect my, my seniors as much as I should have. Looking back at it, it, it I'm like, God, it was such a, you know, not, not a very good troop at that time. Right. But as a canine officer, I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to promote mainly because I, I got to, if I can't uh, outrank them, I need at least kind of keep up with them, right, in ranks. So I don't have to work for them. Sure. So uh, <laughs> I, I was successful at this point uh, in, in time. Passed the written test just fine, did better, better on the oral, and I was... Uh, promoted to sergeant okay. Luckily, that, at, at this point you said 14 15 years that you've been in yeah about about yeah i think so yeah, it was okay. uh, i've uh, been in 16 years 16 okay. years when i when i promoted okay. as an officer working a bunch of different assignments uh, sure. all that so but i was lucky enough because i was a um i promoted into a specialty assignment because mm -hmm. i was a canine handler and the canine sergeant for the entire department had, was getting a transfer. So there was a vacancy and I was the only person on the sergeant's list that was a canine handler, had that experience because all the existing canine sergeants didn't want that job because it, it was uh, not great because you're at headquarters, but yeah. I was able to uh, get that promotion uh, yeah. luckily. So I, when I became a sergeant, I promoted not in necessarily into the field. I promoted into a, uh, um, a supervisor position, what they call the drug enforcement unit supervisor, which I supervised from my uh, strategic level, canine operations, uh, asset forfeiture, drug task force, the CHP's uh, search and seizure policy. And there's probably another thing in there I, I'm forgetting, but yeah. that, that's where I, I promoted into. Okay. All right. So um, now I, I do want to uh, go back to the yeah. networking. Um, yeah. In your now, I, I I don't know how it would go, so I'll just ask. Like in your day, so a couple of things. In your day to day, you know, your every day of just work, like you know, wake up and you there's no. I mean, whether you're on a special assignment or not, you're on working the road, whatever you were doing. Yeah. Did networking help help out in your job with the people in your job, but then also uh, like the public and things like that? Um, and then if so, how how did that? And then did it? Did that potentially, because it doesn't sound like it, but that that helped in the promotion process. And if so, how? So day-to-day um, -day and then in your in your promotion process. Sure. So, you know, you know there, there's kind of two different levels of, of uh, networking, at least at the, at the line level. You know, if, mm -hmm. you, if you're an officer out there, patrol or, or whatever, and you're working in the field, uh, a good network of knowing your community resources is, is super helpful because it's about public service. So if you know, if you have a broad network, you know mm -hmm. where the pain points are in, in your, your neighborhood, in your um, area. So you can better service the public because you've got a good network. Uh, they'll, they're more open to talk to you. You know what resources are available, especially if you have one person that, that needs something. And if it's not something your job, police is... is best service for you can say we can't help you but i know someone that can you need this sir you can direct them that way mm -hmm. right and so so that that is that level and, and as you go up in rank you know certainly that broader range uh in the in the field uh if you're in a patrol office certainly helps at, at a uh, you know board of supervisors and uh city councils because you will interact with those people and it, and it can't help out uh, internal uh, networking is, is tremendous for special assignments because a lot of the jobs I got and I was very fortunate to have is because I, I knew someone there, they knew my work ethic, they knew my background and they were more likely to hire me. 
And I did the same thing when I was in a hiring position, both as a sergeant, I hired officers positions. When I was a lieutenant, I hired supervisors. So I would also really think, do I know this person? Do I know someone that knows this person? What are they really like? What is behind the resume that, that could be fiction, right? I, I want to point out real quick what you just, like literally what you just said was, um, do I, like, from your perspective, you said, do I know them? And so often in networking, people will say, well, I know this person, I know that person. So in this case, that you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, uh, the people that you're hiring as sergeants or the people that you're hiring, you know, as a sergeant from patrol or whatever, like right. they may know you, but it didn't matter if they knew you. Right. They needed you to know them. Right. And that's, I think that's the big, you know, a lot of times people say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, there's some truth to that, but it's not, it's not who you know, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Uh, of that really, um, that really sets you up for, for success. So I just, I wanted to stop and, and kind of point that out because you weren't making decisions on who knew you, on who knew you, that, that it doesn't do you any good or doesn't do them any good. But if you know them, does you, does you good, but then does them better? Um, sure. you know, from my, certainly from my perspective. So, yeah. um, now and also, and also yeah. what you're known for, right? Because, oh, sure. uh, Right. I, I mean, you may know someone like, oh, I know them. I, I know them not to be someone I want to work with. Right. So Apologies. you got to be aware of, of past mistakes and, and, and how to address those with someone, because I've had people that uh, and, and, you know, in my agency, some people have very long uh, uh, memories and they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that guy from 20 <laughs> years ago. He was a whore. You know, he was not a good worker. Huh. So then you gotta go, okay, that, that's their, you know, what have they done since then? Because like I said, for myself, I didn't think I was a very good worker when I, when I was early, early on. Mm -hmm. I learned things and I grew and I made myself a better person. Uh, and I wasn't doing bad things. I was just, you know, insulin at times, but sure. I learned to do things. So that's why it's, what, what are you known for in, in that? Did they know you at a time that wasn't your best period in your life? Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. Um, so do you think regarding your new, you know, your, your now present career, do you think your rank at retirement had something to do, um, or, or I guess, did it have a big influence on, on this career or the, the move or where you landed or the position you landed? And, uh, and do you think, and if that's the case, do you think rank had more to do with it than your, the knowledge that you acquired as like, did it mean that, we got, you know, we got a lieutenant or we got a guy that operated as a lieutenant. So he has all these other skills that are more valuable to our company. So what was it, the, you know, and, and do you, and, you know, to add on to that, do you, do you find that that's some, sometimes the case people want to say, you know, we got a CHP lieutenant working for us, as opposed to, we have a guy that was a, you know, was a manager, was administration in a state run, you know, in a state level, uh, um, you know, uh, job, I guess. And that, yeah. that's the guy that we want. We didn't necessarily, we don't care if it was a lieutenant, but that somebody that operated at that level. Uh, you know, for the job I got, you know, they were looking for um, someone that knew about protective services in a management position to come up and, and uh, manage a team. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I, I think uh, definitely my background and working in protective services and the things I had done, mm -hmm. uh, um, for instance, that, that was probably, you know, 
70 or 60 percent of it and then i think the, the other 40 percent uh would probably be not necessarily a lieutenant i mean i could have been a captain but it was that management experience right, right? So, so um i mean theoretically you could be a sergeant and, and depending on your agency and you do a lot of management and, and it, how it really depends on how you um articulate that mm-hmm. but i i yeah, for me, it, I, I was lieutenant. I managed a, a team, um, but I also had supervision, you know, supervisory experience. I was a sergeant on the protective detail, so I knew that first line supervisor, supervisory experience, and then I, you know, a notch up for that. So, rank wise, uh, depending on the type of job you're, you're wanting uh, or you're going for, uh, that that may be. If you're just in general security, they're like, oh, he's a lieutenant. He's a captain. He's an assistant chief. But honestly. Uh, in my experience, rank doesn't equate to knowledge, right? I mean, you, you can just um, find your way to, to move up and yeah. it really doesn't mean a whole lot. Well, and also too, you could be a first year lieutenant versus a, uh, a fifth year lieutenant, you know, sure. or, or any or any variation of that for, you know, you're a rookie on the on the road on, you know, first yeah. year on the job and you're a patrolman, but somebody who's got 10 years is still a patrolman. Yeah. But, that, but but that 10 years, I mean, like, that's like a lifetime, you know, uh, you yeah. know, doing the doing the work that you did. So that's, you know, that's there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that, that the that, uh, you know, um, you know, doesn't necessarily mean knowledge. Uh, you right. know, so a rank doesn't hold knowledge necessarily. Um, so at what point did you really start focusing on uh, networking? Like, uh, well, on networking, but also understanding where it might be. Uh, for re- your for your retirement, um, it, like kind of why did you you know I, I don't know if you can answer that why you know why at that time or why did it come into focus um, or did that, or like um, did that all just happen you know that, was it just like all of a sudden you, know, you look back and you're like I got this I got this network and I'm looking at retirement in a few years like it's time for me to really start pushing or you know connecting or acknowledging or you know really using it so I so I have my next move figured out before I have to make it. Yeah, so no, I was very uh, focused on that. I knew that I was going to retire um, at a certain date. You know, this was my my time. I was going to do it. So I I started really focusing on about five years out, five years from retirement. I, I really started. I was on the I was on the protective detail at, at that point. Uh, been working. So then I started like, hey, I need to start uh, gaining more knowledge, building. Um, benchmarking and building a network because I, I like most cops after a, a 30 year career or however long you do it, you've got great experience in crisis management and, and, and people skills, hopefully, and, and, and that. Uh, so you look at it, you, you can turn in a, a, a job application to someone and, go, and say like, they, they would say, wow, this guy is really qualified, but I don't know who he is. You know, I've never met him. I, I don't know who he is. Or you can say, same, same guy. It's like great resume, all the skills. I've known him for about three years. He's, you know, he, I met him at a conference. Uh, I've reached out to him for information and to help. And he's always been super helpful. So right off the bat, you're like, well, go with the guy, you know, right. He, he's been, been there. He's been around, you know, he's putting in the time. And so, you know, they're, they're more than just that sheet of paper there. So I picked five years uh, to start uh, working uh, on meeting people and, 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 learning from them and uh, just, just trying to uh, get out there and, and learn as much as I could ahead of time about what the private sector is like. 
Right. Okay. So you had said kind of earlier in that answer, you wanted to gain more knowledge. And so I was wondering, yeah. right, that was kind of my next follow-up was like, what were you looking for? And I think, and you just answered it there of like, how does the private sector work? You know, right. and, and did you now, so kind of going into that, did you consider other possibilities? Now I have, you know, in my notes here, I have like chief uh, someplace, uh, a lateral move, um, you know, or like an, uh, like a totally different industry. Like you could have gone in probably a lot of places, non-security related that had, you know, technically nothing to do with your law enforcement. Um, but management, is, I, I think, to some point is management. So was there, you know, was there any other thought as to what, I mean, I'm sure there was probably a lot of thoughts, but what, is, you know, what were some of the things that you, that you considered with your background and the network that you had built? Yeah. So I, I'd done a lot of things in my career, tried a bunch of different things, worked in different, different areas, uh, narcotics, the, the tactical stuff and all that. But when I, when I fell into protective services, it was like, I finally discovered where I was supposed to be. And that's, I, I love doing, I, I just, uh, I loved it. I love the people I work with. I love the type of work. So when I decided to retire, um, you know, you always say like, oh, I could sing around, like maybe get a captain. I was on the captain's list of that, do a little longer. But ultimately I said, you know what? I need to just, what makes me happy? Mm-hmm. And yeah, doing, doing protective services work. So I, that was my plan, but I also considered not doing anything, just retiring, just living off my pension, which is which is a very nice pension, and mm-hmm. maybe traveling the world with my wife, or just focusing on day to day to day happiness, because that's what really we should all be looking for: is what makes you happy. Is mm-hmm. it rank? Is it money? Is it the job you do? Because I've met people all over the world that are super happy, and they don't have all the the comforts and money and all these kind of things. Um, so I. I my wife and I really considered just, hey, let's just enjoy what little amount of life we have left. I, you know, and it's, it's funny because I think we may have had that conversation at, at a conference one time, or maybe we were on the phone and, and uh, th- that was something that I think you were still mulling over. This is a probably couple few years ago um, that you said, and I had kind of forgot about it, but as soon as you said that, like, I don't know. I don't know. We might just go do nothing for a while and see how that yeah. feels. And I was like, yeah, well, that's kind of, that's kind of novel. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's cool. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I did when they, you said it, that absolutely spurred my memory. I was like, wait a minute, I think we've had this conversation before, <laughs> but, but also, you know, to your, to your point of being like being happy. I mean, how many people are, are, you know, in your, you know, in the job that you're doing and, you know, they're not happy. Um, yeah. And the, you know, the, the next, the next career, if they're not, it's like the job being happy with rank, being happy with money should like, that's fine. But when you have to know that and you have to be willing to, 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 to be honest with yourself with that, um, because if like, if that's what makes you happy, like go, th- go, go do it. Because yeah. I think you, you find a lot of non-happiness. I know we kind of got enough uh, networking here, but I think a, a lot of, people will say they're happy while they're not pursuing what truly does it for them and whatever it is, like, go do it. You know, they, yeah. they accept it, admit it to you. You can lie to everybody else. Just don't lie to yourself and, and, and go be happy with that. So the fact that you found something that was one constructive um, and, and two, that, that, uh, that you like, you know, you, I belong here, um, you know, and you're in your retirement, you, like you said, you don't have to work, but now it's yeah. almost like, 
I would almost say, put it, you know, put these words in, in your mouth with like, I get to work as opposed to, you know, I have to go do this kind of thing, which I think a lot of people are in. So, um, which is also why you build a, a broad and vast network, not necessarily in your industry or, uh, you know, directly like in law enforcement, like you went out and you met other people and you did other things. And, and so like having a very broad network uh, is going to mean something to you, uh, you know, and, and, and will like, you and I, well, not that we met by chance, but like the things that I've been able to do over the last, maybe say, let's say five, six years have be, have come from all the networking that I had done prior. And, you know, you said earlier, you know, I started five years, you picked five years for whatever reason, that, that's what works for you. It's like, well, networking takes a while. If you have a job, like to build solid relationships, um, you, you know, it takes time. And, and you have to value the relationship in and of itself because it may never lead to anything in dollars and cents or whatever it is that you're looking for in life, but you don't know that. No, no conversation's insignificant. And, um, you know, I was at your wedding by chance in, uh, in, in Vegas. And that was how, that, that's how we met, you know? So, oh, yeah, right. uh, so, you know, so you don't know, and I'm glad we've, uh, I'm glad we stayed in touch. So um, yeah. uh, due to networking, did, you know, were there like when you finally, you know, took the job where you are now, were there other things that were on the table? Um, and I, I think, you know, I, there's a, I kind of have a list of questions behind that. Um, yeah. But, I, but I just, I think I just want to stick with that one. What was it, you know, did you have, were there multiple possibilities and why did you pick where you, where you are? Yeah, so I mean, in Northern California, there there are a ton of uh, executive protection PS opportunities constantly going, and I had applied for um, and real a quick couple, P, PS yeah. is protective services. Yes. Protective services. Yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure I mean, everybody who's listening understands that. Yeah. Yeah, d depending on what you you want to call it, our, our our team you know calls it protective services. Some people call it leadership support, but mm -hmm. it's basically executive protection by right. other sure other terms. Mm -hmm. So I had you know. Um, put in for other jobs at, at uh, right around that time. Didn't get them because I'd made, you know, um, little mistakes and learning to how to uh, adjust from how I want to talk about my background when I'm sitting for these interviews. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there were you, there other things. Can you explain that real quick uh, about the, just I mean, the people that are listening that might be, how, how did you frame it or what did you, like, right. what did you do or, if you're willing to share, like what was sure. maybe a mistake that you made that you're like, Oh, let me, I don't want to talk about it that way next time. Right. Yeah. So I won perfectly. I was interviewing for a, a very uh, well-known uh, tech company at, for a, uh, a very high level. Um, I was certainly qualified for it. And I remember the first interview I think was with the, uh, the hiring executive and I think it was, you know, Hey, tell me about, you, you know, your, your background and Instead of talking about my all the stuff I had done in protective services and really what they were hiring me for, you know, to be their uh, director of exe executive protection, I went off and talked about all the other stuff I'd done on the higher patrol, as far as you know, the stuff you kind of read, you know, SWAT and, and investigations, all this. They weren't hiring for that. They don't care about that. Yeah, that's that's nice, but in that initial thing, talk about what your your what you bring to the table that, that's about that job, uh -huh. and. I, I don't know what I, 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 I don't know what I was thinking because I, that was my first big time interview. Um, but I, I really, and then I went through, you know, six more interviews. And I got a little better each time, 
But by that time I had already screwed up because the hiring manager, you know, said, yeah, this is not what we're looking for. Knew you as a retired cop that talked about cop stuff. That's exactly right. I talked about a bunch of cop stuff Yeah. that instead of talking about the high level, you know, executive protection, I so, did, which is what they're hiring for. Right. So, so those, so if you're listening to this, you're in law enforcement and you're looking to make a change, let's, you know, that's great that you got the resume and right. that you've done the things you've done and you served. And that is to be honored. Like, obviously my brother is, my dad was, yeah. um, so, you know, wide respect, but pay attention to what they're hiring for so that you're talking about the right stuff during those, during those interviews as they come. Yeah. Yeah. So speak to, um, speak to yeah. what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. But, but out of that experience, and then I rolled into um, the next interview, I was much more on point. And all I talked about was I look, I looked at the, what they're looking for in their, in their job sheet. And I, and I spoke to all those points. I, I spoke to protective services experience, executive protection, spoke to management and leadership and developing teams and training and all that stuff that I just you know, distilled that down all, all the things I'd done into, into that. And I was ultimately successful and it, it's, it's been great. So, yeah. So, and you're digging, clearly you're digging where you are. Um, I would, I would say. And, and uh, so that's, that's awesome. You can get a second career in, in some place that you like to be with a company that you like to be with. You can't beat that. Right. So, um, you know, this is kind of a broad question, so answer it how you will, but how do you approach networking? Uh, well, first of all, I suck at it. Uh, I'm, I'm just... Uh, that's not true, Jerry. You know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I keep, I, well, the reason is because I, I keep trying and my wife is super good at it and I watch her. She is a dynamo. Uh, she's yeah. the best. She's awesome. I, I, I watch her and then I will try and emulate her and then I will uh, get her to give me feedback on that. She's like my little bit of crutch. And then, you know, like, hey, how do you, you know, hey, how, how do you think? She's ah, you're a little shot out of the cannon. You need to tone it down or this or that. Not so much about you. Make it about them. Just kind of really like coaching me right there. And sure. Like a hot wash. I go, OK, yeah. but the big thing is I just keep doing it. I just put, you know, I, I, I push myself out of my comfort zone to get better at it. Um, and it, it's actually paid off. I mean, the reason I have this job I have now is because of a networking event, you know? I mean, it's not the only reason, but that was a, a, a key. So would you, I mean, understanding everything you've done and, and you, I mean, you don't just walk into a job like you have. Uh, certainly not with all the competition that would be happening in that area because of yeah. all the industry that's there. But do you feel like I might, I don't know if I hurt feelings on this one or not, but do you feel like your all your time at the range was better spent to get this job or your time networking was better spent to get this job? Well, you know, uh, tactic, tactic, uh, and tactically and then all the training that is a, a very small uh, portion of it. It's definitely uh, the network and the softer skills that, that really gets there, especially at the, at the management level. Um, all those things, what they're asking you to do to lead people and to build teams and, and, and all that, that stuff and engage with uh, executives and, and build that credibility they, they have no idea if I'm a good shot or not. They know at one point I, I carried a gun for a while and I, I, we respect that. But honestly, 
it is um, how I communicate and at that level, right? And to build that, that uh, credibility, right? Because they're gonna believe what they, they hear with their ears and see with their eyes, not necessarily what you're, you know, how, how you were before, but key to this job, certainly it was networking and, and the things that I had, had done around that as far as building that. that. Sure. So, the, so now you're at, you're at a management level, right? So yep. you're, that's what you're doing, but you've also done the work. You've, you know, yep. you've been, you've been a body, you've been AIC for somebody yep. very high ranking, right? Um, you've done other works. You were, you were covert. What about then? Is it, is it being out of the holster fastest? Uh, is it being, you know, making sure you get to the gym, you know, all day, every day, or, or, you know, making sure, I mean, obviously all this stuff is important, right? You have to, you have mm-hmm. to have these other skills, but even to like the, to be the, to be the, the driver for the executive or to be, you know, uh, cover to be advanced for them where you actually, now you're out doing the work every day um, as a, you know, as a, as an agent and not, you're not managing anybody except yourself while you're out there. Um, is it still, I mean, is it still, you know, the network? Is there, is it more, you know, is more time at the, at the range, more time in the gym and the dojo, all that stuff. Does that, does that raise and does that elevate in importance? Or is it, is it still, would you say it's still the network? And, and I seriously, you know, I, I please something, something, you know, honest, I, you know, I, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm leading here. Um, but <laughs> I want you, I want you to slap me down if I'm, if I'm, if I'm wrong. Well, it, well, it depends on where you want to work. Right. So if, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, what, what part of this industry do you want to work in? Do you want to be a gunfighter in a high threat area? Then they're going to, they're going to put a, a, a premium on, Hey, can this, person hit the targets they aim at consistently and, and safely right because that's what that's their importance right mm-hmm. because we're going you don't need to talk to anyone you just need to be a gunner right sure. um or, or if it's a um you're in a certain part of the industry maybe celebrity where you're you're, you're um they put a premium on these big strong guys and and, and that are buffed out well i want to work there well then i need to put a premium on you know, mean mugging and, and lifting a lot of heavy weights around, right? So you got to decide that. But if you decide, hey, I want to work in a corporate environment, I want to be around billionaires and things like that. Certainly, there's a percentage that, that you, you want to have good skills, but but and keep those up to date. But the vast majority of it is going to be networking and persuasion, right? Because it's how you speak to people. So you need the networking to find those jobs, get recommended for those jobs. But it's also how you navigate the corporate ecosystem or the family office as being networking with the executive assistant, uh, maybe all, all those kind of things that we, a lot of times you get trapped up on, hey, well, I, my network is about getting jobs. Well, your network is also about the office and, and who you know within that to get things done. Because if the boss says, hey, I need to do X, Y, Z, and you go, I have no idea who, who in your circle or, or this office or this corporation does that. Mm-hmm. then it, it's like, mm, well, you really don't know what I, what my life's about. Right. And you cut, you cut your value. Uh, you cut your value. I mean, quickly, right. and I don't know by how much, but it has to be a lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I look at that, you know, I work for a, a large corporation and I, I haven't been here very long, but every day I'm trying to learn more about how the, the organization works, who are the, 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 the people that I need to know. And then one step beyond that they, you know, and so that I'm trying to build that relationship, introduce myself, um, 
explain what I do, how I can do for them, find out what they do and how we interconnect. So it, it even though I, I'm hopefully in the last job I'll ever have to get, but I still want to do the best job I can. And, and I do that also through network, internal networking. Right. Networking at work. I, I, I believe it, yep. it's wildly important. And so, yep. I mean, my next question for you is kind of, you kind of got into it right there is um, how important is networking to you, you know, to your business, like in your business and what you do and how is it? And well, I, and th I mean, this is kind of a redundant question is like, how has it impacted your career, but how has it impacted, you know, on a broader scale, how has, how has it impacted your life? Uh, much more than I ever thought possible, you know, in, in law enforcement, you can kind of get siloed into your own little thing. But as I grew and found out I want to be more than that, I mean, it, it, it really got me um, my specialty assignments on the job. It got me you know, on the protective detail. It, it, it got me, um, it, it got me married. I mean, through a network connected me with my future wife. I, I mean, is that right? You know, yeah, Wait. yeah. You know, a guy I was working with had had met Jennifer and said, "Hey, there's someone you you really need to meet," and 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 that. So that was kind of a, a networking. But and then, of course, you should probably be thanking that guy probably about quarterly. Um, <laughs> if, if I if I <laughs> I'm speaking truth here. Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so so I mean, so and that is big. I mean, you know, that's a obviously a probably the one of the biggest steps you take in your life is you know yeah. finding the right partner and. You know, in this case, we're talking about guns and cops and security and executives. But then in your life where you spend most of your time, like, that, like you know, networking somehow, somehow affected and probably at the time you weren't thinking right. of it that way. But yeah. like that's a, like obviously it's on my mind all the time. Um, and so, like you know, I, I, but that's how it that's how it can happen. I'm responsible for introducing to uh, to essentially uh, marriages. So, I, you know, I feel. I feel good about that. You know, and there's people that have done way more of that. And I don't think of it that way, but it's just like, well, you know, when I was networking, I introduced this guy and this girl, or when I was just working, introduced those two and, and, uh, yeah. and, and it took off from there. Um, I mean, that, that is exactly kind of what networking is about. If you, if you take your, you know, it, it's, if you take yourself out of it, you know, as, as someone that as a connector, you say, I have someone that needs something or someone I've met someone that has those skills or this personality that matches. Allow me to introduce you, and then it, it, that's kind of what it's about. You take it. You take it from that. Yeah, I just um, I just made an intro um, to a uh, mutual friend of ours, Dave Hop. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with a new contact of mine who was in the same area who is couldn't get into EP work um, for about a year and a half because he was he was on a full time assignment mm -hmm. and he's like it would have been a conflict of interest, but now. I'm no longer on assignment, same company. He goes, but I want to, you know, and he's up in, uh, he's in the DC area and he wanted to, he's like, I want to keep my skills sharp and, you know, in EP. So I was like, well, you know, I know a guy who's a good dude and who has a yeah. company and who does work. Like, you know, let me get, let me get his permission first. And, you know, Dave's like, yeah, of course. And then send them. So yeah. I, uh, so I put those two together and I, I don't know where it's landed. I know that an email, at least one email was exchanged, but, um, you know, but that, but that, that was it. And I, like you said, to take yourself out of it. So often it's, you know, I got hit two, I think it was two conferences ago. So it wasn't, it wasn't um, 2019, the last one we had, yeah. but uh, 2018. And this guy, I don't remember his name. I think he was from New York, handed me his card. He goes, Hey, if you're in New York, let's do business. 
okay. Never introduced himself. Yeah. Um, was like, hey, let's start it off with let's do business instead of like, hey, what's your name? Or, mm-hmm. you know, where are you from? Or how did you get here? Tell me about yourself. Like, there's a myriad of things that he could have said, but it was let's do business. So it was like, kind of let, you know, let's benefit me before we do anything. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't have his card. I didn't bother with it because that guy wasn't, it clearly wasn't interested in, in getting to know me. Um, right. And so that, so that was just kind of moving on. But, you know, you, you had said that the internal networking, again, you were networking with other cops, you know, whether that was, you know, supervisors or whomever, or just other cops or whoever, you were networking within, you know, within your, you know, your community to find other opportunities. Yeah. And I think, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be in preparation for your next career, but certainly it can be in preparation for your next move within the same company or the same agency or things like that too. And I think, I think yeah. that I, I wanted to point that out because I think that sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah. But um, what else? So I think I, I'm going to ask this question. So if there's something else that comes to your mind, but like, you know, what sure. else have you gained due to networking? And, you know, my first thought was, I wonder how he met, I wonder how he met his missus. And now I know, but is there yeah. anything else yeah. that you can think of that maybe loosely tied to it or that you would just say, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it at that point, but yeah, because I was doing this or that, this is what I got out of it. You know, the biggest or, thing, or what I, I provided to somebody else, what I was able to yeah. give somebody else. Right. I, first of all, I say the, the biggest thing and I value the most out of networking is I've met some really good friends. I mean, you're my friend. I've got just a ton of just people all over the place that are just good friends that, that uh, I, I want to help them. I, I don't need anything in return. I want to see them successful. And, and it just, um, yeah. And even if I, even if I haven't met someone, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn or wherever, and they say, Hey, yeah, I want to do, I want to get an EP or, or this or that, you know, can you give me any tips? Hey, I'm, I'm happy to help you. Let me, let me point you this way, whether it's, you know, through a mentorship in ASIS or IPSB or, or, or any of those things. I, hey, I don't need anything returned. Just, you know, um, I want them to be successful. And I, I get, I do get a lot of satisfaction out of that mm-hmm. outside of, you know, the, you know, the jobs or, or this or that, uh, that I've been fortunate enough to have, cause I've been very lucky to have a good network and have met the right people at the right time. Uh, cause like you said, timing is key to a lot of things. So that's, um, yeah, that, that's what I, I see is I just met a lot of great people out there and yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I'm sure you put out there. Yeah, I, that's I've kind of stuck. You know, I I realized that, that the type of uh, the type of people that 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 executive protection or personal protection, corporate security, you know, all the all the variants of it, um, put me in touch with a lot of like-minded individuals. Um, not always, you know, um, but I, you know, it's it's fairly tight. It's fairly tight knit because I mean, it's because it's not a huge industry, and I'm not a big part of it. I'm like I'm just like a guy who talks about networking who happens to be in the industry. So I speak, the, I speak the language, I've, I've done the job and things like that, but it's like, you know, I've gotten to, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, I get to do, uh, or I get to instruct at EPI uh, yeah. because of, well, one, I'm, I'm an alumni, but also um, because I continued to work that, uh, that network that I had, um, you know, I got to, you know, I'm on uh, EP access now. So, you know, cause I, you know, I, I networked with Christian four yeah. years ago um, because I had reached out to Kristen Leonardson 
a year before saying, hey, you know, this is like early 2016. I was like, hey, if the conference is coming to Vegas this year, like I, at the time I was there, I'm like, yeah. if I can be, I don't care if, it, if you want me to schmooze somebody, if you want to take coffee, just like, I don't care. I just want to be involved. I just want to help. And because I did that, um, I then, you know, I was asked to, you know, put some ideas down on paper and, and send it off. So I did, which got me, a, you know, a conversation with her and Rand, Chuck Randolph. And, you know, they evidently took, took my notes with them to the, to the board meeting and whether they got, I, I don't know how that, how it fit in, but I asked Christian about that. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I remember that. He goes, yeah, they, they were there. Like I saw some of those. And so it, and that was just me wanting to hear, take whatever I can do. Just, I want to help, which, you know, eventually led to me, um, you know, getting, being invited by Christian to do the, to, to, to do my networking presentation and class on, uh, on EP access. So, um, you know, that's like just from networking. And again, you picked five years. I met, you know, Christian four years ago. I met Kristen about five years ago. So that's just, you know, that's just kind of how it, uh, how it goes. So you had mentioned like giving tips and things like that. What are your, what are your like top three tips for networking, whether in the industry or just, or just in general? Uh, you know, you know, I think, uh, you know, being, you know, former military and, and law enforcement, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times when I think about those people in my own background coming into the networking thing, and it, it applies across, you got to drop your shields, right? Because mm. a lot of times, especially on your background, you can be very suspicious of people and, and uh, you got to drop, drop the shields. And, mm-hmm. and, and you also got to realize that, that people get to the same endpoint using different paths. They don't all have to be like you. And a lot of times, you know, uh, <laughs> It's funny, Byron Rogers will say, you know, at times, you know, his is like, people like, oh, what's your background? And they want to hear, you know, you're kind of oh, law enforcement, special ops, this and that. It's like, I've met some people that are amazing at this job that were never in law enforcement or military. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to know about, you know, how, how you, you know, where you're at. You don't have to take my same path. You got to, I can't take your path because it's unique to you, but we just got to realize that when we speak to people, if they're, you know, if they were a chef one day and now they're an EP manager for, hey, man, that they, they got there some way and they should be listened to and network and what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in networking, uh, first you got to realize how important it is, but also you're only good as your last game. So a lot of people rely so much on what they did years ago. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, SWAT ninja for this many years and I did this many search warrants and blah, blah, blah. Or I was SEAL, t- SEAL Team 27, you know, what it is like, oh, yeah. man, awesome. I respect that. Thank you for your service. All those yeah. things. What about moving forward and what we do in, in, in this kind of thing and how can we work together and, and all that? And, you know, yeah. When's the, when's the last time doing an EP assignment you kicked in a door? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, and, it could, it, the door could have been jammed, and you need to give them help in there. But you know, you, and you knew how. Yeah. Do you need an explosive reach? It? I don't think so. So yeah, hopefully, know. hopefully not. <laughs> not yeah. Um, and I, I and, and thank you for bringing that into like bringing that back to you know military law enforcement because at yeah. the beginning you talked about the transitioning. So thanks for taking that cue and 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 kind of giving that. Um, it's you know, and I got to think you know it's tough you know when you're in a um. When you're in an alpha world, 
um, like cops kind of need to be. Like they, there has to be confidence, Uzanadi, when you're out there. Otherwise, yeah. you can get eaten up, I suspect. And um, you know, th- and that's just by your own people, <laughs> let alone the you know the criminals out there and things like yeah. that, um, or the you know, or the, the difficult citizens that you're uh, that you're talking to, and then in the military too. I mean, like that's just like you know, people. I mean, they can be rough, and you know, and you're in bad you're in bad places, and and uh, and so you know, just being. I'm going to call it authentic, but also, I mean, there's a, there's a, a you know, a, a sprinkling of being vulnerable. And yeah. uh, I mean, nobody likes that, uh, you know, that, I mean, God, let somebody see my weakness or, or not weakness, but sometimes a weakness, like, or a, sure. a perceived weakness. I'm sorry. That's better said a perceived weakness by you, which might, which might be one of your biggest assets because whatever it is that you feel about something in particular might be exactly what that person needs on their team, um, needs yeah. to hear that somebody else is going through or dealing with it. Like, okay, I'm not as, you know, I'm not as screwy as I thought I was, or, or boy, I, I really like, I'm, I'm gain, I gain confidence listening to somebody else talk about that the same way I feel about it. Um, and so like, that's gotta be tough, but I, but I couldn't agree with you more is that, like, you know, that's a good, good way to put it, especially considering what, we're, you know, who we're kind of addressing here is, Lowering the shield instead yeah. of become, instead of being a cop, being a soldier, marine, you know, airman, sailor, all that. Like you right. know, you're 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 not Jerry the retired cop. You're Jerry like you're Jerry the guy from Oklahoma, who right. went and like has kind of crushed it through his career. Um, and I'd like to know kind of how he did that. And you know what is what is a guy? How does a guy like him think? And what does a guy like you know what does he think about the world? And you know what does he like to do for fun? You know, because you know, maybe that's the best way that we're going to connect because we both like to golf or we both like yep. to whatever, you know. And, and so sure. that's, um, you know, that's that's important. It's tough to do, but uh, but, but valuable, uh, but valuable. Then that's kind of the end, yeah. of the end of the statement. So what um, so those are uh, those are great. Um, what's you know, what do you you know, if you kind of said it before that you hope this is the last job that you have to get. So. You know, what is next for you, like foreseeable future? What are you you know, what are you looking forward to? You know, I right now I'm really focused on what I'm doing in my current position. I, I'm building a team, putting a lot of effort into building culture, knowledge and, and growing uh, both each individual on the team, uh, helping them them reach their goals individually, whatever that is. If it's, you know, the best, you know, uh, practitioner on this team or they want to go somewhere else in the industry. I'm really focused on that. And then coming together with coalescing them all together and working to really um, build a really top team. And I'm very excited about that because when I, you know, in my previous career, I came onto an existing team that, uh, you know, and worked and supervised that, managed that. And you you take an existing team into different directions um, and, bumps and bruises and look at the future, but this is a little different than that. That It's, um, it's a, a team that is changing roles and, and growing and it's, I'm super excited about it. So um, I, I, I like that a lot. So that, that's right. What's really next for me is. Yeah. So you're, that's interesting because I wonder if 10 or 15 years ago, the, like that answer would have been, similar in in um message of i'm looking for be, i mean because at this point you know really you've you know i mean if there's a place where you've made it like you're kind of you're kind of there 
So now, so now what is your duty? You know, I mean, you got to continuously improve and grow and things like that. But how do you, you know, what are you doing for the next generation? And that's where you went right to. And like, you know, you're a man, you've been in management, but, but that was leader talk. That was leader speak of, you know, I I'm trying to build them up. I'm trying to make, you know, trying to to bring them together and all these things about the team that you're, that you're growing. Um, So I, you know, from my, from, as far as, you know, my opinion goes, that's where you're going to gain regardless of the role that you're in, because we all have to continue to grow and change and, and things like that. But what are we, what are we willing to do for the people that are, you know, really that are around us? Um, because, you know, if you make them, if, you know, if you bring them together in a way that they should, uh, they should operate as a team and the culture and you're bringing all that in, it, it, it can only, you do good for you by helping them do, do well for them. Right. Um, and so I, and that you're in the fact that you're excited about that, like that's, I think that's cool. And just a, the hallmark, uh, a hallmark trait of a, of a leader and a good one. So um, they're lucky, I, I believe, to uh, to to have you where you are, and, and because it's not always like that, as you know, like you know, it, it can be that you know, detail, detail leaders can be tough, agents can be tough, um, but uh, but they're, they're you know, make sure they make sure they know. Br- bring me in, I'll tell them how lucky they are, the um, <laughs> man. So uh, um, anyway, but um, so thanks for that. Uh, wrapping yeah. up here, you know, is there, is there any parting thoughts that you that you want to share with uh, you know with the, the folks that are listening? be it law enforcement or just, you know, just, you know, who, or, or, or is, is there anything? Uh, you know, I would just say, you know, put in the work, put in the network because you gotta, you gotta figure out where you want to be and then network with the people that are there and, and just be open to new things, new ideas, and don't be overly reliant on things in your past. They're, 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 they're support, but you're going forward and you need to be forward thinking. And, and that's what I would say. Excellent. Cool. Well, sir, um, I appreciate you taking the time here on a uh, on a Saturday afternoon, on a holiday weekend, no less. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was great, man. I I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm sitting here making sure like I didn't miss anything, and I think we're I think we're pretty good. And and uh, love the uh, conversation awesome. as always. I always I always feel smarter coming out of conversations with you, whether they're you know online or whether they're uh, you know side by side at a um, at a uh, at an NLA dinner. Um, and, uh, so I appreciate it uh, yeah. so much and please the best to, uh, to your missus from me. So, um, absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, Thanks cool. for having me on. Yeah, it's been my pleasure folks. If you like this, if you, if you want to uh, talk more about or you want to hear more about the transitioning military law enforcement into a new career, um, you know, one I'm here for you as that, you know, in networking, uh, you know, Jerry and I are both on, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I'd love to, 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 you know, to offer any, any assistance that I can, uh, please. And when you see this video comment on it, or you have to hear the audio, please let, let me know your thoughts. I love hearing it, but until then it's all I got. I hope you have a great one and talk to you real soon.